Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, next uh, Wednesday, August 15th at the Ferndale Area District Library from 6.30 to 8 p.m., we are going to continue our Detroit Today Summer Book Club with discussion of Matthew Desmond's Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Evicted Poverty and Profit in the American City in Ferndale. We are going to talk specifically about the way in which eviction affects kids and families and education, one of the issues that they are really dealing with there in the Ferndale area, uh, but also something we see in places all over southeast Michigan. We are reading Matthew Desmond's book as a community and talking about eviction, the way it drives poverty in our community. We're also talking about lots of other housing issues, housing insecurity in total here in southeast Michigan. So we would love to see you next Wednesday, August 15th at 6.30 in Ferndale. Uh, you can also go to the WDET uh, webpage, WDET.org, and find out more about the book club, about the other events that we will be having uh, throughout the summer. And you can go to Facebook and find the Detroit Today Summer Book Club and continue the conversation there where we are talking about the book. Up first today, it is Election Day in Michigan, Primary Day in particular, and in many ways, this is a big election. It's the first time we've seen wide open field for governor in nearly a decade. It's also the day we'll find out who will replace the longtime congressman from Detroit, John Conyers, and it's the beginning of the first midterm election cycle during the presidency of Donald Trump. We'll begin to find out of uh, if Michigan voters support the president generally or view this election as a referendum on Trump's handling of the executive office. What we want to know from you today, though, is about why you vote, not whom you vote for or which issues you support or don't. We want to talk about what motivates you when you get into the voting booth, why and how you decide to vote. Is it party? Is it ideology? Is it practicality? Is it a sense of duty? Whatever you think about when you go to the polls, that's what we want to talk with you about today, the idea of the importance of that vote to you. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Joining us now to talk about voters and their motivations is someone who has spent a lot of time thinking about that issue. Matt Grossman is an associate professor of political science at Michigan State University and director of MSU's Institute for Public Policy and Social Research. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Great to be with you. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it might be fair to say that uh, that one of the things that you have been thinking and writing about lately is the way in which motivations may be changing for voters, that we may be seeing people thinking more about things that they didn't used to think of as much in the past right now. Uh, tell us tell us what those things are. Well, so some things haven't changed. Uh, of course, uh, people who participate in, in other forms of, of civic life join organizations and uh, also have the resources to participate are more likely to turn out. 
people who have um, turned out in the past, of course. Uh, voting is uh, somewhat habit-forming uh, in early uh, adulthood. Uh, so those, those items haven't, uh, haven't changed uh, very much. Um, we are seeing uh, a trend toward nationalization. Um, that is, uh, even in state and local elections, a lot of people are uh, showing up thinking uh, more about national politics and especially the presidency. Uh, and we will likely like, likely see some signs uh, of that uh, today, just like we saw uh, enhanced uh, Republican turnout in the in the midterms uh, under. Uh, Barack Obama. Uh, and we uh, are also uh, seeing uh, some signs that people may be voting in uh, primaries to try to uh, change the ideological complexion of their uh, party. Uh, and so we'll get to, to have a sort of a test of that today uh, in, the, in the governor's uh, races uh, and uh, some of the other uh, congressional midterms as well. So talk about the, talk about the power of negativity in voting motivation. Uh, what does your research show about how powerful that is on, on political motivation right now? Well, on the one hand, we've had a, a very uh, long uh, history of research on whether negative ads specifically uh, motivate or demotivate turnout, and that those results have, have basically shown not, not a huge uh, effect uh, either way. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there does seem to be a, a strong motivation in midterm elections to kind of turn out against uh, the incumbent president. Um, and we have always seen that the party out of power uh, in, in the presidency does better in midterm elections. Um, but uh, it, it, those, those trends have, have been going up uh, in recent elections, and we're certainly seeing signs under Trump that, that Democrats are, are more motivated to show up. And even in an election where he's not on the ballot and there's, there's not even partisan elections, uh, people may be more likely to, to show up uh, to try to, to register their opinion on the president. Yeah. Uh, when, when we think about motivations for people to vote, I, you know, I often think – there is maybe too much emphasis in in some cases on on affecting somebody else, right? Uh, taking away from someone else or stopping someone else from from doing something. Is that something we have seen consistently throughout the history of of U.S. voting, or is that something that seems like it's getting a little worse right now? Well, most people are still uh, voting out of a sense of, of civic duty, um, and uh, they even the the sort of more more negative uh, form, formulations um, show that people can kind of be be guilted into into voting, but not necessarily to to do a negative message, but just if if we tell you that your neighbors are voting or that they'll find out if you have voted or that voting is public information, all those kinds of things make people more likely to vote. Um, so they they want to to, to participate. Uh, even if even if they're sort of uh, guilted into it, mm -hmm. um, but what what has changed is um, negative partisanship. That is uh, that uh, people uh, don't necessarily feel more positively about their own political party, but they feel much more negatively about the opposing political party. Yeah, uh, this is Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Matt Grossman. He's an associate professor of political science at Michigan State University and director of MSU's Institute for Public Policy and Social Research. Uh, we are talking about voting, not 
whom you vote for or what you vote for, but we're talking about what motivates you to cast that vote. What are the things that run through your mind as you make up your mind before you get to the polls? What are the things that you think about when you fill in the circles and send the vote away? What are the things that you feel like you are accomplishing by voting. We want to hear from you today as you go and vote in Michigan's primary elections. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Again, 313-577-1019. Tell us why you vote. Uh, let's go to Daryl in Detroit. Daryl, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Daryl? I'm here. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yep, I can hear you. Go ahead. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? All right. Uh, one of the, there's a couple of reasons why I vote. One of the reasons um, is because as, as a black American, um, I just feel it's an, it is an obligation because of those who put their lives on the line and died for my right to vote. I think I'd always do to vote. The other thing is if you don't vote, you can't stand up and be counted. You can't, your choices are not heard. Your wants and needs are not heard by that representative if you don't vote. That's so, I, that's absolutely true, Dale. Uh, let me ask you a couple questions. I, you know, I, I I wonder when you do vote, how do you make the decisions that you do about who you vote for? What are the things that mean the most to you in terms of judging a candidate or an issue? Is it is it party? Is it ideology? You you talked about the importance of race in motivating you to make sure that you're counted. Is that something you think about also? When you're choosing candidates, what are the things that that go through your mind when you do that? Um, I listen to I, I listen to to what the candidate has to say. Sometimes I'm voting the lesser of two evils. Sometimes I actually like a candidate because of what their goals and their past history has been. It just depends on what my choices actually are. Yeah. Um, and a lot of cases, though, I have just gone for the lesser of two evils. But, <laughs> that's never know. that's never fun, is it, Daryl? Right? No, it's <laughs> always you always feel a little a little compromised when you have to do that, uh, Daryl. I, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments, Matt Grossman. I want to read a, a, a quote from you to you and and have you react to it in in light of what Daryl was just talking about. You say in terms of vote choice in primaries, some voters do care about electability, but people tend not to see a trade off between their preference and a candidate's chance of winning a general election. We also do see evidence of strategic voting. For example, someone might vote for the liberal or conservative candidate with the best chance of winning the primary against a moderate in a three-way race. Uh, that, that calculation, I think, is what we're trying to get at in this conversation, how you, how you decide. Daryl, uh, I think, uh, is, is reflecting some of the things that you're talking about that a lot of voters do. Yeah, so first I'll just reinforce what uh, Daryl said about um, uh, participation in the civil rights movement or experiencing the civil rights movement as a, as a child. They're both associated with uh, future life political participation, so certainly, uh, and, and generally protest participation as well. And so people sort of do learn uh, from uh, from their uh, forebears and the importance of uh, participating in, in civic life. Uh, the In terms of how people vote in primaries, um, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, should we, uh, 
uh, support the the sort of true believer, uh, liberal or conservative candidate, or should we uh, support the candidate that might have a um, greater chance of winning in the general election, who might be uh, more moderate? Um, and what I was saying there is just that most people don't see that as much of a trade-off, because if, if you are a sort of a down-the-line liberal or conservative, you tend to think that that's what voters uh, will prefer uh, in the general election uh, as well, that, that you need to, to candidates to paint in, in bold colors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, to the extent that we do have evidence, it, it supports the moderates a, a little bit more, um, but, but not that there's a, a huge effect of, of ideology in general elections. Um, but, but there's more evidence that, uh, that voters support uh, moderate candidates than, than more extreme uh, candidates in, in general elections. But, but people tend to, tend to think that wherever they are in that spectrum is, is where the voters are. Yeah. Uh, but we do see evidence of strategic voting, especially in races where there's uh, several candidates. So it'll be interesting to see in the governor's race um, today um, where um, uh, both uh, Shri and Abdul have sort of tried to position themselves um, as, as more uh, liberal uh, uh, challengers to Gretchen Whitmer, whether uh, some people will, will go with the candidate that they think has the, the better chance of, of winning in the primary uh, among those two candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see more we see more uh, signs of, of those kinds of strategic calculations uh, than people kind of giving up their first choice preference uh, to try to win a general election. Again, Daryl, thanks very much for the call. And the comments, uh, Walter on Twitter says, Liberty, economic and personal freedom based on rights of each individual person. That is what motivates him to go to the polls. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Gerald in White Lake. Gerald, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Hey. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, well, the reason why I vote is, one, it's out of sense of duty. Um I'm a first-generation American. My parents can't vote. Hmm. And so back in the day when I turned 18, I registered right away. And I sort of like uh, like in a council, city council elections, I sort of gave them a couple of uh, candidates were their choice and the rest were mine, that sort of thing. So it sort of like gave, let them have a voice in the government. Uh, no, that's been 30-some years since i last done that for them since I've moved away. Wow. Uh, um, but uh, so that's one part of it. Um, and another is sort of like, you know, um, it gives me the right to complain. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I was I, I had a choice in making, you know, choosing our deciders and stuff like that. Maybe the one I voted for didn't get elected, but I participated in the process. So now I can complain about the one that, you know, was elected and stuff like that. And when I was thinking about it, it, was, it does come and play where our votes uh, uh, do matter. Uh, like here in White Lake, uh, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, on the primary, uh, was a thing for uh, building a new library, a mm-hmm. bond issue. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, all of us in our my household, we voted for it. Three votes. Yeah. Right. That was the difference. <laughs> right. So that we, was the difference. We, we, yeah, we we claim we claim credit for the victory of the bond proposal. So, right. no, uh, I, re- so. I remember I remember that vote, and I remember how close it was. And thinking about all the people who might have said, "Ah, I don't need to go vote this time because it may pass or it may fail," and that's what I want. But the people who did show up got to make that decision, and as you point out, by three votes, uh, the three votes may be in your household, Carol. That's a, a wonderful 
memory. I appreciate uh, you bringing that up and, and calling into the program. Okay, Matt Grossman, Associate Professor of Political Science at Michigan State University, Director of MSU's Institute for Public Policy and Social Research. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. And I want to welcome another voice into the conversation on this subject. Uh, Masha Krupenkin is a political science PhD candidate at Stanford University, uh, studies data sets of real-world behavior of political partisans. Uh, Masha, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hi. It's a pleasure to join you. Yeah, it's a great to hear your voice. Uh, so let's talk about this idea we're talking about, what motivates people when they go to the polls to make the choices that they do. Uh, talk about what your research suggests to you those motivations are. So we find that today really disliking the opposing party makes you more likely to participate in politics. Hmm. But really liking your own party doesn't have much of an effect. So, for example, that means that if you're a Democrat who hates Donald Trump, you might be really motivated to go out and vote. On the other hand, if you're a Republican who really loves Trump but doesn't hate the Democrats, maybe you won't turn out. Wow. And this is true of a wide variety of behaviors, from voting, from voting to donating money to attending campaign rallies. So there's actually a reason that people are still chanting, lock her up at yeah. Trump rallies. Yeah. So this negativity, and we talked about this a little in the first segment, uh, is this something that is growing in American politics? Is it getting worse as we become more fractured? Or is this something that's just been with us the whole time and we didn't really think that much about it or notice it? So uh, negativity has been growing. So in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, we didn't really see this much hostility towards the opposing party as we do today. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what is the, what's the reason for that growth? What is driving that? So there are a couple potential reasons. So first, the media environment today is vastly different from the media environment even 10 years ago, and especially 20 or 30 years ago. Not only have we seen the rise of the 24-hour news cycle, but we've also seen the emergence and dominance of social media, which allows Democrats to only talk to Democrats and Republicans to only talk to Republicans. Mm -hmm. So people are being exposed to these reinforcing messages and are not exposed much to arguments from the other side. Another potential reason is that political campaigns have gotten much nastier over the course of the past few decades. There's so much more negative advertising nowadays than there was even in the 1990s. Congress is very polarized, and research shows that people tend to take cues from their Congress members. Hmm. Uh, and, and what's the solve for that fracturing? Or is it something we shouldn't worry about? Is it okay that people go to the polls and vote as a way of trying to harm the people that they think they stand against as opposed to supporting uh, the people who they, they really like? So I think ideally uh, we would be we would live in a society where people uh, did vote for policies that they liked. And one of the real harms of a situation where people are motivated by hostility is that that means that, you know, you know, you can't really hold the parties accountable. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a Democrat who just really hates Trump, it doesn't really what the ma really matter what the Democrats are doing or what kind of policy ideas they're putting forward. The only thing that matters is that they're obstructing. And, you know, that's how they get my vote. Yeah. So I think it really it is a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, the number on the phones, as always, is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Call and tell us what motivates you at the polls, not 
whom you vote for or necessarily which issues you choose, but what are the things, the inputs you use to make that decision? Is it party? Is it ideology? Is it practicality? Is it a negative feeling about the people you feel like are on the other side of issues? If you're a Democrat, do you go to the polls voting against the Republicans as much as you're voting for Democrats? Or if you're a Republican, are you doing the same, trying to harm Democratic interests uh, more than you are supporting Republican ones? Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Julie in Mount Clemens. Julie, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Julie? Just, yeah, go ahead. I am there. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I guess I'm a practical voter. They're going to hold this election, whether or not I like any of the candidates. Someone is going to be elected that's yeah. going to make decisions that affect my life and my family and my community. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let anybody take away my voice in this. <laughs> right. Make sure you're counted, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I also think uh, in regards to the negativity, I, I feel at this moment that our democracy is, is really being threatened in a very basic way by folks who are happy to create divisions and distrust among communities uh, people who want to consolidate their power and their wealth by creating chaos and encouraging hate. And I think the more people participate in elections, the less foreign they seem, the less threatening they seem. You come to understand that, that candidates are really just human beings that want to help their communities, mm-hmm. whether you agree with them or not. It takes away the mystery of voting. I mean, the conspiracy theories about all the folks who aren't registered voting when you actually participate in elections, you come to understand that those are really crackpot ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julie, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, and I think there are a lot of people who, who think about it the way you do, right? That, that if you don't show up, uh, you're letting somebody else make the choices for you. Uh, let's go to Tom in Westland. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... There's a lot of different reasons why I vote. You know, uh, just I, I was reading in the newspaper the other day about a, a whole bunch of people running for federal office. I'm not going to mention what office it is, but you know, somebody wants to go to go to be elected to Congress in Washington, and I realized all of the interviews I was reading represented only one party, and then I was listening to well another radio station mm-hmm. uh, just uh, Sunday. No, it was yesterday morning, as a matter of fact, and there was an there was an interview with somebody from the opposing party who's got, who who has to be a writing candidate because of whatever election rules. Uh, you know, he didn't get funds together to to register or you whatever. You got to get your signatures, right? Um, yeah. Right. So I'm going to be I'm going to be voting for him in the primary because I think there needs to be a balance in who your choices are hmm. and. Um, you know, there's no balance when everybody's from the same party. You yeah. know? So, Tom, yeah. so Tom, since you're calling from Westland, I think I know which race you're talking about. Uh, I think you're talking about the 13th congressional race, uh, which includes Westland, and your mayor there in Westland is one of the candidates, as well as many other Democrats from the city of Detroit. And you're right, there is not a registered uh, Republican uh, alternative, uh, a qualifying Republican alternative on the ballot. There is somebody who's running a writing campaign. I think that's a really interesting 
uh, issue to bring up, though, this idea of uh, the hyper-partisanship that, first of all, motivated the drawing of that district so that uh, it is not competitive from uh, a party standpoint. Uh, th- this is one of the things that I think, uh, Masha, I think uh, encourages what what you're seeing in the trends. In other words, the, uh, the exclusion of uh, one party from an entire congressional district, which is something that happens in every state where the majority party decides uh, how the lines are drawn, uh, it, it sort of it fuels the fire of that negative voting, doesn't it? Um, so redistricting is pretty complicated uh, in the sense that it benefits, sometimes it benefits Republicans just as much as it benefits Democrats, or maybe more so to have a particular district that's, you know, that is very, very heavily Democrat. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think a lot of patterns in geography and potentially geographic sorting definitely influence polarization, because if all of your friends and your neighbors are only members of one party, uh, and all the people in the community you interact with are members of one party, you don't really get exposed to different views. Yeah. 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 Uh, we got a, a lot of social media feedback here. Jim on Twitter says, coming from a family and community where top resources and stability for education and health were not available, my values now align with candidates who will bypass market-driven inequality to help the underprivileged. Uh, Elvin on Facebook says, I do research and see who makes the most sense, and I want to see who is just saying what they feel they have to say. Carrie on Facebook says, as a queer non-binary person, the personnel is political. I vote because those who represent me are making decisions every day about my access, my rights, my body, my humanity. I vote because I simply can't afford not to. Uh, We also have a public service announcement of sorts from Michigan Divisible on Twitter. They say, please remind people that they can only select candidates for one party on their primary ballot. That is very important. If you go in and select candidates from multiple parties today, your vote will be invalidated, which is the thing that you absolutely don't want to have happen. Okay, let's uh, take one more call before, uh, before we break here. Joan on Harsons Island. Joan, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey, how are you? Um, I I do the research. I read all the voter guides. I'm elderly and handicapped, so I vote absentee, which is a big advantage for me because mm-hmm. I get to look at the whole thing. I'm an independent. I usually vote uh, women's rights and choice candidates, but they have to make sense in a fiscal way also. Hmm. And and when you when you go to the polls, Joan, are you ever going in and thinking, I'm going to stop the party that uh, I don't align with? I'm going to stop them from doing what they're doing? Or are you going in and enthusiastically supporting the party that you align with? Well, I have to say that I go both ways because uh, I live in a house divided. My husband is a big Trump supporter. Hmm. I am not. I've spent 50 years of my life uh, campaigning for choice and for equal pay for women. And therefore, um, I just that, that I kind of lean, obviously, in that direction. But I want them to be fiscally responsible, too. Hmm. Boy, Joan, that's a that's a very interesting dynamic that must exist uh, in your house uh, with you believing what you believe and your 
husband uh, supporting Trump enthusiastically. But we try to remember that we love each other and that we we really don't talk about it because it can get really, um, you know, there's a lot of dynamics sure. with that. And so we kind of, um, you know, put our personal caring ahead of our political feelings. And that's that's what mm-hmm. saves us. Yeah. Joan, uh, I really appreciate the call and you sharing uh, all of uh, your thoughts and uh, and especially the story about the division in your household, something I think that a lot of us are dealing with uh, in the era of Trump. Okay, uh, Masha Krupankin, political science PhD candidate at Stanford, uh, who studies data sets of real-world behavior of political partisans. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Up next, Donald Trump has a habit of calling black people dumb if he doesn't like them. We're going to talk about it next. Uh, Don't forget also, if you have to miss out on today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We will be right back with more Detroit Today.